you're listening to the Locked In Podcast. Here's your host, Algernon Cash. I'm Algernon Cash, and you're locked in. Welcome back. Um, as normal, I'm always proud to bring you all someone um, high up in our community that's doing really great things. And um, today is certainly no exception. Um, I've got my good friend. I, I almost don't know how to introduce her. It's Representative Dr. Amber Baker. I don't know which one you actually start off with, but I'm, I'm going to go that way with it. Um, but uh, Representative Baker was actually elected to the North Carolina General Assembly just a couple of years ago and um, just wrapped up her first legislative session. So we're going to get some insight from her on that, as well as um, even though she might be new to politics, she is certainly not new to our community. And um, we'll get some insight from her on just what she's seeing around town. Dr. Baker, how are you today? Thank you for locking in. Hey, thank you for having me. As always, I'm always glad to be a part of what you're doing and uh, to have the opportunity to talk to um, the people that I represent and uh, honored to be here. And I, I always, I'm, I'm ashamed, but I always get a little confused. So you're in House District 74. 72. 72. Okay. That that's I, I I didn't I purposely didn't say it in the intro because I, I just had a feeling I was gonna get it wrong. But um so it's House District 72. Um yeah. and you're you're new. You're a newly elected um state representative. Um I guess you fell and you, you hit your head pretty hard and <laughs> decided to jump into I tell people 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 get into politics for for either um one of two reasons. Um either they're crazy or they're mad. Um, so, um, Dr. Baker, we, we, we want to hear it. Which one were you? What, what, what motivated you to want to be the representative in District 72? Well, definitely not crazy, um, but, but, but extremely mad and frustrated um, around just what I was seeing in Raleigh as an educator, you know, to not have uh, raises for a number of years and to continue to see policies that were hindering what we do as educators. And then just the failure of those that are in charge to just be in touch with um, what everybody is facing day to day. And so um, most certainly was not planning on um, running uh, before retirement uh, because for the record, we get paid less than $14,000 a year. Um, But sometimes you get pushed into your purpose. (laughs) And um, that's exactly what happened. I kind of got pushed. Well, I, you know, we've had several of your, your colleagues from the General Assembly on the show, which I'm, I'm so thankful for. And that is something we talk a lot about. You know, I, I think people mistakenly think these state representatives are paid like the folks are in D.C. in Congress. Um, but you don't make as, as nearly you only make a fraction of what you make serving in Congress. And you don't even have the staff support um, that they do in Congress. So, you, you know, for a, a new legislator, um, and, you, you know, it's one of those things, I mean, you, you can try to prepare for this job, but inevitably there's going to be some things that you miss. Um, for, for a new legislator, what was that first session like? I mean, you dealt with COVID. Um, the session, you're, you're technically still in session right now, so the Correct. session is still drawn it on. Yeah. Um, what, what's this experience been like for someone new in Raleigh? Well, I think just trying to navigate the process um, for those that kind of follow me on the campaign trail, you know, I made no promises um, in terms of what I expected to be able to get done um, in this first year, other than to just try to figure out where the bathrooms are. And uh, I still get lost in that building. But 
um, I think initially it was extremely overwhelming, right? And humbling to know that you were now a part of 120 um, legislators that were responsible for passing legislation to affect everyone in North Carolina. So it was both humbling and overwhelming. And um, and then I think for me, the just learning how to navigate all of that and ensuring that um, being responsible to the needs of people, responsive to the needs of the people as they were calling and um, requesting and making sure that I was well-read. Um, it, it's helpful if you're a reader. Um, it, it's important for you to know what you're voting on and don't be afraid to ask questions. And I ask a lot of questions when I don't understand areas that are not in my my area of expertise. And I reach out to people uh, such as yourself when I have questions about certain things in bills um, to make sure that I'm making the most informed decision. And, and I can attest that is one thing Dr. Baker will do. Um, she will ask questions. Um, she may not always like the answer. She may not always go with your, your idea or your opinion, but she is going to ask questions and she's going to try to make sure she understands all sides of an issue before she, she um, draws a conclusion. Not only were you new in Raleigh um, during this um, most recent session that is coming to a close slowly but surely, but you're also in the minority. Um, yeah. So talk about what it's like to be down there and um, working with some of our conservative friends. How was it working with the, the other side of the aisle? Well, you know, being new, um, I have absolutely no power or influence. And so just kind of trying to uh, make your presence known in a sense that um, I like to inform everyone that we all have one vote, just one vote, and all of our votes count the same. And so, um, I, you know, I try to reach across when I can. Um, oftentimes it's not well received. And I don't think that that um, has anything to do with uh, party disagreement. I just think that it's very misogynistic down there. And being a female, uh, you, you kind of struggle to find your way. Uh, and so I think um, that has compounded the issue of being in the minority party, um, along with being a female, along with being a female of color. What would you say is one of your highlights for this past session? What, what was something that you felt like maybe you got done or, or maybe what was what was something that was just completely unexpected for you? Well, you know, to be able to file your first series of bills was exciting for me. Um, and and uh, we were able to get some legislation passed um, that helped people in the um, in the beauty industry. Believe it or not, my sister was uh, a cosmetologist and um, owned our own business for a number of years. And so we were able to pass some legislation that made it easier for people who wanted to become instructors and people who wanted to enter in to get licensed. And I know that that's not provocative, but for our, our business owners who are looking pathways forward, I was really um, excited about that. Uh, the co-sponsor of the Crown Act, for those of you who know me, know that I wear my hair natural um, and that um we were hopeful that it would have made it to the floor to get a vote, but we couldn't get it out of committee. But we're going to keep pushing that forward um, to also be one of the primary sponsors on um, just uh, the, the increase of minimum wage and uh, access to health care. Um, the mommy bus bill. I was excited about that and and was a primary sponsor on a bill that I was hopeful would have shown up in the budget and it didn't um, was to get a quarter of a million dollars um, brought to the city to help with 
a summer learning lost and it would have focused on working with community partners that would not have gotten funded through the school system. And so uh, Donnie Lambeth was my co-sponsor on that bill. And um, I felt like since he co-sponsored it, that it would have made it to the budget. And when it didn't make it to the budget, I was quite disappointed, Uh, quite disappointed that we didn't get um, the amount of money that we were trying to get for the Black Theater Festival, which, you know, drives millions and millions of dollars into the city. And then just am okay with not voting for the initial budget, even though it could have potentially impacted uh, what came to the city. But ultimately, we were able to make a bad bill better. And so for that, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm extremely proud of that. Um, not being fearful of speaking up on the floor and uh, the de- debates get rather heated. Um, but I oftentimes um, am very comfortable with speaking because I go in prepared. I, I'm not moved by emotion. Um, I try to be moved by fact or the absence of facts. Well, it sounds like you're quite busy down there as a, as a junior legislator, first for a freshman, first year or first session in. Um, yeah. You guys did get a $25.9 billion budget pass. First time we've had a budget pass in North Carolina in about four or five years. So um, that's certainly something to be proud of um, in terms of being part of the group that was able to negotiate that and, and get it across the finish line. I also was a bit disappointed. You told me about the um, the money that would not be coming um, for the National Black Theater Festival. And that was a big disappointment because that's a huge um, impact here, right here in, in Winston-Salem, Forsyth County, right along with River Run and, and so many other um, mm-hmm. arts and cultural events that we have right here in the city. So um, maybe, maybe that's something that we can continue to work towards. I hear you saying, I hear you mentioning some things you were not able to get done. Um, so I guess, um, can we break the news here on the show? Does that mean um, Dr. Baker wants to head back to Raleigh. Um, are you looking, seeking re-election or? Yeah, yeah. So um, I am seeking re-election. Um, as many of you who may be following knows that um, we have filed a second appeal on the maps, but as part of that appeal process, um, the the jurors, the judges were uh, asked to uh, uh, release a date. And so we will be able to file starting February 24th. Um, I, I'm, I had the misfortune of not getting the memo about filing the first time. So I showed up with my with my orange T-shirt on, ready to file, only to be turned away. So I will be at the door at 8 o'clock on the 24th to file for re-election. Um, and hopefully um, we'll earn the right to go back for another term. I, you know, as long as I run, I will always work to earn the right to to return. I will never take it for granted. And so um, people have asked me, am I, am I going to be primaried? Um, At this point, I don't know. Um, But it it is within the right of anyone who feels like they want to run to run. That's the right. Um, But I'm going to earn the right every time to go back. Well, you know, for my audience, um, that maybe this is the first time you're hearing from Dr. Baker, I strongly encourage you to go learn more about her. Um, she's, you know, she's got a website out there. She's on social media. She also produces um, a, a real timely newsletter that goes out to her constituents. I'm on that list and she updates um, 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 a lot of her followers on what's happening in Raleigh. Um, and then if you already know Dr. Baker, then you're probably already a big supporter just like me. And so I encourage people to continue learning more about her. Um, you know, Dr. Baker, I'm going to run out of time soon, but you you alluded to this a moment ago and I, I, I've shared with my audience before um, you're new to politics, not new to community leadership. You were a school administrator. Um, you, you've been involved in a number of initiatives around town. 
Um, you know, one thing that we talk a lot about, and, and especially in the last several years, is, is really what I, what I like to say, the rise of the Black woman. Um, you, you know, Black women are just getting a lot more attention. Um, there's a lot more conversation about the need for diversity, equity, inclusion. I mean, those are all hot, hot button conversations, no matter um, where, where, where you are these days. Um, talk a little bit about what it's like to be a Black woman and, and be in the positions of leadership you've been in, whether it's the, the work you did in the school system, um, all the way up to the work you're now doing in Raleigh. So, yeah, I recently was a contributor on a, a book that um, just recently was published and it talked about, um, it, it's the book is called The Good Fight and it's talking about um, African-American principals and administrators and kind of the struggle. Um, and I talked about the what, um, like, and the why, you know, what, what, what makes you uh, who you are and why do you do what you do? And I think um, it's important for you to be rooted in the in and grounded in the what and the why. Um, because when you come up against adversities, uh, it, it is so easy to um, concede to power because it's it's just easier. Um, oftentimes you stand alone. Um, but when you stand for right, you have to be willing um, to stand for right because it's what you, it's, it's at the core of what you believe. And so um, often being passed over for promotions, um, oftentimes your voice being minimized. I was on a call this week um, and, and I had to just call it out because the person, whether they were intentional about being disrespectful, disrespectful about what I said, it was disrespectful. So I think um, it's important that you know your power, know your voice, um, be willing to stand um, in your truth and, and realize that you may not be popular and you may not be well-liked. Um, but in the end, I would say that um, people can who know me know that they can respect what I say. My yeses mean yes and my no means no. And that um, they pretty much know where I stand on issues and that's how I approach my leadership. Well, Dr. Baker, I, I always enjoy talking to you. Um, you and I can do this for like literally hours. <laughs> There's so many, so many things we could talk about. Yes. Um, but of course, they limit us on time here. But I, I just want to say, you know, thank you um, not only for, for what you do for our community at large and the work you're doing in Raleigh. I, I know that that is a very big sacrifice to spend as much time as you do down in Raleigh. And so we thank you for doing that. Um, and we thank you for being a trailblazer in terms of what you're doing to represent Black women, not only here in Winston-Salem for Scythe County, but across North Carolina and really across the country as well. And um, we just encourage you to keep up the good fight, stay locked in, um, keep doing exactly what you're doing. Um, and, and certainly anytime that you want to come on and share anything with my audience, you, you have a standing invitation. And to my audience, I always appreciate you locking in with me. Make sure you stay tuned to WTOB every single week. That's where the Locked In Show broad, broadcast on Sunday morning. But of course, if you miss it there, you can go check out the Locked In podcast. That's on Apple, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever your favorite podcasts are, um, you can find the Locked In Show. Make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, until next time, y'all stay locked in. The executive producer of the Locked In Podcast is Algernon Cash for WCG. The associate producer is Tim Beeman for Such and Such Media. The views and opinions in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and are not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without express written consent 
of WGC.